Hello, everyone. We are back. Yes, we are back in, in getting... Here we are, Luke 24. It's, it's, yeah. The end is not just nigh, the end is here. Yes. It yes. has been a great journey through Luke. It has. And it's it's exciting to finish on a, there's lots of joy, the resurrection, Jesus mm. is doing some wild stuff. I feel like we should let people know um, a little of what to anticipate sure. as well, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if you listen to the podcast, I think you get to have the inside scoop. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're finishing the book of Luke. We're not going to go on and do the book of Acts because we actually did the book of Acts before we did the book of Luke, yes, which yeah. was, it may seem a long time ago. But and yeah. we, we took a little a couple of weeks ago in Pentecost. We jumped yeah, into the book of Acts. So, um, so we saw how it begins, but keep yes. on your own if you yeah, want to go keep, there. Keep going. Keep reading. That was Luke's intent, yeah, yeah. to keep reading. Um, but it's also summer, so it's just like a little bit mm, of a different mm. season. Um, and so uh, on Sundays we're going to be looking at the theme of like undivided worship Mm. um, throughout the summer, sort of unpacking the theology of that, looking at examples of worship and worshipers. Um, It's going to be really cool, really practical. Um, And so we're not going to be going through a book. And we thought, hey, this is like, it, it creates two factors that move us to an opportunity of doing something different yeah. with the podcast because actually the podcast has had different seasons where it's had different vibes done different things mm-hmm. like supporting us going through the book of luke has been one big thing it's done mm. it's been, for a long time like i bet there's people who that's all they've ever mm. known if they haven't gone back and listened to old episodes so in the summer we're not going through a book and so we're not going to go through a book um but we thought this would be a great opportunity to actually just have some fun conversations about things we just wish we could have conversations about. So, like, Steve, you had one idea, and we've had a few, but this is the one that springs yeah. to mind where you were like, there's a bunch of words we use as Christians yeah. that actually would be worth just taking some time to be like, what do we mean by that? Yes. Yeah. Um, so the sort of Christianese words mm-hmm. that are sort of unavoidable that, that often as a, i remember as a new christian going i think i should shake my head yes to this yeah. <laughs> or, or, or sure smile in agreement but I, yes. I actually don't know what that means yeah yeah um, what are some examples of those words do you want to give yeah a what was your top one to that you thinking about oh that? um like charismatic yes you know we talk about that a little bit or because it's a it's an english word yeah. that means something totally this different charisma that it means yeah yeah you know and I'm like so that's how i've always thought of it but i'm like no i don't think that's how it's mm-hmm. being used mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um so yeah and then i think there'll be some fun theology chats there's mm-hmm. things that have come up where we could go full nerd on a question but it doesn't really fit into Luke. <laughs> Watch out. You're going to unleash yeah, this. I'll, Come try, to, I'll yeah. try to keep you guys on track. That's, I feel like sometimes that's my role here. Yeah. Is to so turn we'll have some like down. random theology mm-hmm. conversations, but also um, to invite some people into yeah. the conversation. There's people who um, they're either, they've got a specialization, like yeah. God's taught them a lot about something, or they've just got passion. And, you know, we don't have an expert around the mm-hmm. table but uh, we want to talk about it, especially yeah. if it's something that you know pertains to our community, yeah. our setting in Portland, things yeah. like that. So it's yeah. going to be a mixed bag in the summer. Uh, yeah. yeah. If you've got questions or ideas, something that you'd like to hear, let us know. Grab us on a Sunday Definitely. afternoon, and we'll, and let's talk. Yeah. 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 I. The worst that can happen is we say. I don't think any of us knows anything about that. That's right. Um, but even then, we're the sort of people that like finding out things. Mm-hmm. And we might find someone and some books. I bet you some, somebody yes. here would know, have something to say about <laughs> and that. And it might be the start of a conversation, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is great. Yeah. So Luke 24, yeah. that's where we're at. So it's this massive shift in time. Yeah. Um, we left Jesus crucified laid in a tomb uh we we noted in the last chapter that there's this display of like injustice and evil and humanity Mm. at its worst killing jesus but also this mixture of people around jesus as jesus is dying there's already little glimmers of people being affected Mm -hmm. um of like the the fear of god of praise of yahweh you know like the reality 
of what's happening is trying to break through. Mm. There's little glimmers. But now in this chapter, it's like the sunrise. Yeah. Yeah, the reality yeah. of what's happened. But, I mean, we'll travel through it, but a dominant section of the text, Luke spends a long time telling us yeah. about Jesus walking with some disciples mm-hmm. on the road to Emmaus. <clears throat> so it's like we're introduced in this chapter to like the sunrise of like, wow, Jesus is risen, mm-hmm. you know, this profound moment. And then we immediately crunch into some people who are just like, oh, man, what's going on? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, and it's really the only place we foil. Find, and it's the only place we find it in the four yeah. Gospels. Unique this to Luke. is yep. unique. Yeah. And so, yeah. But it makes me think, I, I wonder if Luke's, like, there's a, a sort of theme, especially because mm-hmm. Luke is actually writing Luke Acts, the mm-hmm. two go together. Um, and especially when we get into the book of Acts, we see a real clear theme in Luke's writing about trying to help readers answer the question, how am I going to respond to Jesus? And actually we're seeing a, a variety of wrestlings with that question in the end of Luke's gospel. And it's almost like Luke is teeing us up to then be confronted like to carry that question in acts, you know, it really is in the foreground then as yeah. you're seeing people respond in profound ways, positively and negatively. Yeah. Um, and, and the things that change their mind, mm-hmm. like Paul is this paradigm example of someone who's like sticking the finger to Jesus and then is in love with Jesus. Yeah. And so, you know, it, but there's a theme there that like, echoes back to things like uh, Nicodemus Mm. encountering Jesus, to the centurion who's executing him, saying, truly, he was the son of God. You know, so the the idea that Jesus transforms people is... is, And so I I think it's really cool to see glimmers of it in the crucifixion. And then it seems weird that right after that, it's like some of the people we encounter first off seem confused. Mm. But I think what Luke's showing us is that what Jesus does is he actually meets people in the questioning and confusion and doubt and uncertainty. And actually he's working to reveal himself. And then we see that continue and really blossom in the book of Acts. So I really see this chapter as like connective tissue between Mm -hmm, Luke mm -hmm. and Acts. It's really interesting. Yeah, as you're... um as you're speaking, what's jumping to mind as well is throughout Luke, we've seen all over Jesus's teaching is about surprise and unexpectedness and, and a different view of the kingdom than people would ever anticipate. And I, I think we see that here. What we see is those expectations of even how they th- thought this was going to end and what they what was going to happen their expectations are just always challenged mm. and reset mm-hmm. and it's this for me i i walk away thinking my expectations are too low so often and are just maybe yeah. in the wrong direction and i'm not uh so i've got to look up <laughs> i've got to yeah. be prepared to be joyfully interrupted in my expectations. And that's such a theme. I mean, just because my mind is in Luke Acts, you know, after thinking about that, like that's what those first apostles encountered, the surprise of like the Gentiles too. Yeah. This massive, like completely unprepared, shocked, surprise. Paul? God really had to do quite a bit of work to convince them, like, yes, this is really what I'm doing. Yeah. but I mean, that's part of the grace of the story yes. as well, though, is yeah. it, it's not a story of human heroes mm. who like had this amazing, like they weren't Elon Musk's mm. just forging new paths mm. in ways that no other human <clears throat> could fathom. They were pretty ordinary in many mm. ways, mm. but empowered by the spirit, did some pretty extraordinary things. But they really needed God to guide and show them and empower them as yeah. well. And so I can really connect um, as long as I remember that that's the reality of the people I'm yeah. um, reading about as well. Yeah. Very, very humanized um, characters. 
Hmm. And along with that, this theme through Luke that I was thinking about as you guys were talking is this idea like, you know, the Jews all along are questioning who Jesus is and they have all sorts of questions because their idea of Messiah was so much different than, than, than what Jesus ended up being in the way he fulfilled the prophecy prophecy. And so, um, just that idea of recognition, like who in the end recognizes mm, the mm. the lordship and the kingship of Jesus, and then, um, and then this in in Luke twenty four again, it's like this recognition on the road to Emmaus of um, of who he is, and even then later, I mean, early on we see um, that that you know the women were they recognizing Jesus were and it, so I just think it's like who. Who, when God intervenes, when Jesus intervenes, do we recognize who He is in the moment of our mm. questioning, um, mm. as He breaks through, mm. um, and, and He breaks through in ways that we don't expect? Back to your surprise theme, but um, I don't know. Well, let's as we unpack yeah. this, I've got questions about like why didn't they recognize Him mm-hmm. if they knew Him? You know, um, and what does that mean for me? So yeah. let's dive yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we begin. So the first day of the week, so it's after the Sabbath, mm-hmm. um, and the well, this is something we mentioned at the end of chapter twenty-three: dead bodies, unclean, can't touch. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, they had r- sort of done some of the burial rites, you know, wrapped uh, Jesus's uh, body in like uh, really long linen cloth and laid him in the tomb, um, but there's normally other things they would have done. So they went, mm. they're sort of going back to complete the burial rites. Mm. Um, yeah. I, and this is the the women in particular. And, and yeah. we'll see a list of who it was. And, yeah. And just for, uh, I mean, you know, talk about these Christianese things. So I used to always, at, I, I know this is evident now, but I just tell you from when I was a kid, reading this story all the time, I say on the first day of the week, and I'm like, that's Monday. Right, because in yeah. my head, for us, ob- yeah. obviously mm-hmm. Monday's mm-hmm. our first day. Like, but no, that's not the case. Sabbath would have been the final day. Yeah, um, and so it begins on yeah. Sunday. And and we actually think a day begins yes in the morning, but in the Jewish mindset, a day went from like Sabbath began the evening and ran through into the next mm. day to the following evening as well. So their mm. way of thinking about time, mm. really different than yeah. ours. Yeah. So sometimes, yeah, we're reading this and trying to map it onto yeah. like a week that we can imagine. Yes. And there's a little bit of work to do yep. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I also, the fact that it's women who yeah. come, um, it it is a normal thing for women to be part of taking care of, you know, some of these, mm. you know, uh, both mourning, being prominent in in society's mourning of someone, mm. but then taking care of the body. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of interesting that Luke goes out of his way to emphasize the role of some prominent women. There's just a little thread here that's really mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. to notice um, that because uh, the, the women and the men, like John, Peter, like James, like the the guys had been traveling with Jesus, doing things with Jesus. Um, the women had been as well, but they hadn't been uh, as pro- like figuring as prominently in the activity yeah. of, because the normal discipleship yeah. with a rabbi was you would listen to your rabbi's teaching, absorb his teaching and do what your rabbi does. And in this cultural context, there's some thing, some aspects of that where for the women to, to do what Jesus did <coughs> would have been antagonistic culturally. Mm. And so they haven't had as much opportunity. So I think it's fair to say there's a there's a sense in which the guys have had this opportunity to really draw close to Jesus in a way that the women, actually the church is mm. going to grow to create more room for as they realize the implications of what Jesus has, has done. And that's, so, it's, so it's really interesting that it's the women who are maybe just one step further away. Mm. And yet... Finger prominently... And the now ones, they're, they're coming the more prominently. Yes. yes. And, and, and I, I, I don't know, it's, it's, it's something redemptive 
I think, yeah. in that. Well, and remember, we've been, you know, how much of this have we been seeing Jesus bringing in the outcasts, yep. the others, th- those that are marginalized? Um, and and as I see Luke tell this story, we've we've seen Jesus's interaction with those individuals yeah. all the time. And here at this pinnacle moment. We've got the women mm-hmm. there first. And um, I used to, I think I used to sort of read through that and just like, oh, that's, okay, that's who was there, et cetera. But th- I, I think I've also come to learn, just like you said, from a cultural context, the fact that they're in the story, right, and that they're kind of these witnesses, mm-hmm. that in and of itself is, it would be very unusual yeah. to tell the story that way. And... right. I mean, it is very unusual. Um, One of Luke's intentions, which he states in the prologue to Luke and Acts, is he wants you to sort of understand the evidence of what happened. He's forensic about it, kind of. Mm -hmm. And so in a Jewish court of law, like a a woman's testimony by herself without like a male corroboration was not admissible. Yeah. And so there's also something... Like, Luke would have known this. It would have been obvious to Luke. Like, yeah. if you want to write a convincing account, don't tell us that the pointed end of the stick of the people who are really first encountering that the tomb's empty are women. I know, yeah. It's just, you know, it, 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 it's foolishness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, and so, but Luke embraces it as something that is culturally a strategic foolishness mm-hmm. Because there's some greater purpose than just convincing people, mm. convincing his contemporary audience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, he actually wants to highlight, that, and, and this is the bigger theme of Luke, of the way that God is actually reaching mar- marginalized people yeah. and including them. And so here you've got women who, in society, often marginalized across cultures in this culture particularly marginalized Mm. and god makes them the epicenter of this realization of what's happening going off but they become the central voices and the central witnesses and this is the way of the kingdom of god and the kingdom of god countercultural just this uh, underlying theme the counterculture nature of jesus and his kingdom yeah so yeah, I think I've 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 heard so much, and and then we'll we can move on maybe too. But just also this, you know, to counter sort of that argument of all oh, these stories are made up. That's that sort of thing. To yes. your point, Richard, you wouldn't saying, make it up this you, way. <laughs> you wouldn't put them as the authoritative, you know, speaker in this as mm-hmm. the authoritative witnesses, and it's just you wouldn't do it. Be- You'd have like unless the chief it leaders, people yeah. who are resp- who yeah. were you know yeah. the highest up in society, coming down and witnessing yeah. this and decreeing. Mm. Yeah, that's how you would do mm. it. If you Which lots to of mythical accounts about, like apocryphal yeah. accounts about Jesus and other like religions, mm. they stereotypically follow that pattern. Yeah, so. That that's something that would have been surprising reading these gospel accounts as they yeah. began to circulate in the first into yeah. the second century was these are really different, and for us they they're all we I mean most of us don't read loads of other ancient writings yeah. so for us this is the only thing and it feels really yeah. normal so we don't often have opportunity to catch that these are unusual writings and very very unusual very unexpected mm-hmm. that that would happen that that's kind of the as you said, Luke's, I'm going to give you evidence that he's using this yeah. as evidence. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So let's read what no. happened. Yeah, well, how so, about these So women? we've got these women. So they come to the tomb early at dawn, um, and they've got spices because normally you would embalm the body. Mm. Um, and so they've come to do that. And uh, remember the, the tomb which was probably almost like a cave, like Mm. carved into rock, Mm -hmm. had had a stone rolled against the entrance, which is a a pretty normal thing to do. Mm. Um, And, uh, yeah, as we put together the picture from the other Mm. um, Gospels, we know that uh, a guard had been set, it was protected, people didn't want the tomb tampered with, things like that. 
Um, and it almost, you know, you can imagine the sort of yellow and black police line, do not cross, yeah. you know, that it, that's the sort of scene around the tomb. Um, and they come and that's not the scene that they no. find. That's what they're, that's what they're expecting. Yes. And this is that first, like, all right, ex- expectations challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And there are, this is one of my favorite sort of apologetic things mm. is it does make people question. Because the resurrection yeah. is a crazy, unique event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it seems unbelievable. And especially in our secular, mm. naturalistic culture, it's obvious to us. Like those questions rise. We're like, well, couldn't actually this have been what happened? Couldn't this have been what yeah. happened? Yeah. And it's really interesting to examine the possibilities and see mm. how anything other than a miraculous answer mm, to why mm. there's this empty tomb mm. just doesn't fit at all. It's a really fun uh, thing. Maybe, maybe we'll do a little this summer, yeah. do a little class and uh, on that or a podcast on that oh, or something. But yeah, it's um, it's sort of interesting to pull those threads together, which we don't have time to do yeah. all of that today. No. You see me itching, right? I'm going to hold that off. That, that'll be, that'll be like a B side yes, podcast yes. that we do. Yeah. Okay. So, but they don't, they don't find, uh, the body. Uh, and it, the way Luke writes, I really like this. So they go, the stones rolled away. Mm. They went in, the body's gone and they were perplexed. Right. Mm. So they, we're not going anticipating like maybe he's going to have risen like he said because yeah. they just didn't understand. When Jesus talked about rising from the dead, the Jews had an idea that there would be a resurrection. Mm. The only box they had for that was at the end of, pardon me, at the end of history, at the yeah. end of time, the resurrection at the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so they, like their o- their only conceptual way of interacting with Jesus's words would have been to try to put together what he's saying mm-hmm. with the fact that like, yeah, when everyone rises, you'll rise too. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not going anticipating that. And so they're yeah. confused. And you can only imagine, you know, they've seen someone they love be poorly treated, crucified, mocked, abused, you know, all of these things thinking, oh no, what next? You know, we're just we managed by some miracle to have him actually not eaten by wild animals, which would have been more mm-hmm. the norm for a crucifixion victim, but put in this rich man's tomb and now he's gone. What you know, just do? probably anticipating hurt. Mm-hmm. So like walking into an empty tomb is a low moment. Uh, so I just think mm. the translation here of saying perplexed doesn't quite It's quite it. the... Uh... <laughs> Where we really imagine, mm. yeah, what they must have been feeling at this moment. Um, but their perplexed state does not last long. Mm-hmm. And they see two men, dazzling white. So this is uh, really common imagery for angels, mm-hmm. for like God's divine workers, like spiritual beings who can appear um, and, and interact with this physical universe. Uh, appear in this physical universe mm-hmm. as God's agents, um, often dazzling white. Um, and then the thing that happens every single time <laughs> I think an angel shows up, they're like, oh, no. Boom. Oh, we're frightened. They're yeah. bowing. They're like on their faces because they're in the presence of something divine, yeah. of like of God's agency and power, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it's a normal, understandable thing. Um, and then the normal thing that happens with angels as well, which is a really interesting biblical theme about we, our response can so often be fear yeah. mm-hmm. and nearly every angel offers reassurance. Yes, yeah. do not yeah. be afraid, but, but yeah. not here. But they don't say don't be afraid, <laughs> but, but they, they get to the thing that's making, like the deeper pain they've encountered walking into an empty tomb. Um, and it's really interesting that they start with a question. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and, and I think, I mean, all the way through, Jesus has been interacting with people. Our Western way of talking about stuff is very often like, like the first thing you do, make the truth clear. Make the plan clear. Make the strategy clear. Make the product selling point clear. Like mm-hmm. bring clarity. Um, it, it's just our norm. Mm-hmm. But Jesus very often put some hooks in the water 
And then once people had, like, it, it just postured people to be inquisitive in some way, and then he would provide some truth. People, and actually, and the angels do the same thing. And we see people, when he asks questions, people truly leaning into the question. Mm-hmm. Um, he uses it as a device. And so so this question, why do you look for living among the dead, was meant to have them really lean in and engage and, and really consider yeah. their consider their their response um, in an evaluative way. Yes, because what they go on to tell them is, is stuff that's really close to what Jesus has already said. And so the question is going to be the approach to reevaluating those things that Jesus has said that now they're saying mm. too, mm. Um, to help them see it in a new light. And the new light is going to get this almighty kick up the backside of the confrontation with the fact that he's not in the tomb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so there's something that needs explaining. Yeah, so I just, I, I really like the way that God is using these angels to try to draw people into an interaction with what's happened. Yeah. It, it reminds me too, just like the power of that question why, mm-hmm. you know, is um, pay attention when somebody asks you that, when you ask someone that to really listen to that. Because like you said, it, 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 it's, a, it's a moment to pause and to reflect on what you do know, and then maybe get to a different conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what they're doing here. Yeah. Um, because they, you know, why do you seek the living among the dead? And then, so I can imagine them pausing and like, he's not here. Yeah. Um, he's risen. Um, and then twice in here, we've got Luke's using this term, remember. First he says, remember mm-hmm. how he told you that he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. Yeah. Um, and they remembered. So that why I connect with, oh, now I'm reevaluating all those things and I'm remembering what Jesus said to us and they're changed. Yeah. It's <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. like they've, they've got an empty tomb in front of yeah. them. Like, why do you seek the living among the dead? Yeah. Like, like, the invitation to reassess. Yeah. The statement, like, he's not here, but he's risen, yeah. which is an answer, but it's an ans- answer that needs to be enriched by understanding yeah. how this is actually a part of what Jesus said yeah. his mission was and what he was going to yeah. accomplish. And so, and they do remember. They connect up. Mm the empty tomb in front of them with with the fact that like Jesus has risen with oh that's what he meant yeah you know just like it, it, the light dawns yeah. on them um so it it works and um it, yeah they're excited um and they they run to the rest of the disciples so they uh, they returned from the tomb and they told all this to the eleven and all the rest of the disciples, mm. um, and and it's some of the the core women that followed Jesus through much of his ministry, um, and it, it's then they I don't know I bump into a little skepticism mm-hmm, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, a little confusion. Mm-hmm. It's a really interesting phrase. So they're telling the rest of the disciples, right? Mm-hmm. Who could have remembered as well, but they haven't seen the empty tomb. Right, like right. they haven't been pushed yet. Like, mm. and it says, but these words, like their report, seem to them like an idle tale. Mm. That's a really interesting phrase. Mm. Idle. Oh yeah. well, wait, I just want to stop for a Idle second. Tale. I just have to interject. I every time I read this passage and then the concurrent ones in the other gospels, I just love how the it's the women who are the first ones to go out yeah. and share the gospel. Mm-hmm. The yeah. women were first. Yeah, and they needed to convince, mm-hmm. not yeah, just yeah. sharing. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, Jesus is risen. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. But like, yeah. Oh, but like. And it's not just because they were women, but 
the rest of the apostles, remember, they got no box for this. They haven't yeah. seen an empty tomb. They haven't seen angels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so they're naturally resistant. Mm. And, and it's going to be hard for them to be like, oh, you mean this has happened? Mm-hmm. You know, but that it seemed like an idle tale. Yeah, so it's a tale. Right. So like it seemed like a fabrication, but not any fabrication. Like you're just wasting your time. Mm. Like you're distracting us because right now we're grieving. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. it just it it interrupted the like I don't know the context, emotional, cognitive sort of context that they were in. Yeah. Um, it was really hard for them to get from that to where these women were at. Well, well and and I hear that, and and it's almost like you know, just like they went with no expectation, as you said, they didn't have a the women didn't have a box for this. Like the men, the these apostles didn't either there, and they're like, it's almost beyond their hope at that point, that yeah. idle tale. Like, it's like they've it's got so, Jesus' word, they've got the ingredients, yeah. but rather than trying to bake a cake, it's like they're putting them in the fridge yeah. and they're opening the fridge and be like, there's still no cake. Like, I just, it doesn't add up. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's like there's yeah. something misfiring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Therefore, I'm going to just stay in mourning. <laughs> that's yeah. what they yeah. do, right? Well, that, but Peter doesn't. Yeah. Right. And no, that's he the does. interesting yeah. thing. They don't all run he to the He got up. Yeah. Right. And it's really interesting. It's Peter, because what yeah. did what's the last thing Peter did? He's weeping. He failed miserably. Yeah, yeah. he denied. And and like had Jesus look at him. Mm-hmm. Had this moment of knowing he was known. Shame. And and was just broken hearted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just wonder how much a, a moment of brokenness and of yeah. having Jesus interact with his weakness in that way mm-hmm. has like softened him to be like, it sounds like an idle tale, but I'm going to go look. Yeah. So it just, I yeah. always find it surprising that they don't all go, mm-hmm. but only Peter goes. Mm. So Peter gets up, runs to the tomb, stoops, looks in, and sees the linen cloth folded by itself. And he experiences a change. And and the the language here, the linen folded, is like because the, the linen would have been wrapped around the body yeah. lots of times. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, think of the classic cartoon Egyptian yeah. mummy type mm-hmm. thing. It was different, but think of that. Yeah. And then imagine like the body is magic out of the linen, but it's still yeah. folded mm-hmm. with the blood stains and mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. You know. If he just went in and saw, you know, a fresh new sheet on the shelf, he could be like, oh, well, where did that come from? Mm. But no, it's more poignant. It's like, well, the body's gone, but the linen's still there. And yeah. if there were grave robbers that, you know, I think that's yes, a key would detail that happened. Yeah. Yeah. theologians or wild have looked animals. at. Right? Like, or why anyth- is this like in anything here? Anything like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and so that's the sort of reality mm-hmm. that confronts Peter. Um, and... It's interesting because it, it seems like there's maybe still some distance, like he's not quite got to the place the women have got to. Yeah. But he went home marveling at what had happened. So his sense of anticipation that like it's not the end. It, it, this isn't like a miracle's happened. What's happening? What's God doing? You know, yeah. something is is going on. Um, yeah. And he's taken a step forward. Again, just like Luke's, I think trying to show us people in process and mm-hmm, God mm-hmm. interacting with people in process to reveal that he's alive. Yeah. And I just think that is, we often think of sharing the gospel as like sharing the story of scripture, which it, it, it's good news because of the news is good because of the story it sits in. So we often have to share the story because people don't know it, but the news that is good is that, King Jesus has risen. Amen. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think sometimes we share the story and we don't leverage as much. Like the thing I'm trying to convince you of is I know this guy called Jesus yeah. and he and lives in heaven, but he connects with me because he sent his spirit. And he's alive. Yeah. And he's alive. He's as alive as you and I are, you know? And so like, that's actually the tangible reality that people have a hard time interacting with that we are called to be witnesses of and that Luke I think is trying to reassure people who are going to read mm. Luke Acts and think 
well, yeah, I found the risen Jesus too, and I want to tell people yeah. to be reassured God works to reveal that he's risen. Mm. Um, so it's, it sort of all connects together to this us, the reader, interacting with the call of the mission that, yeah. that Luke uh, tells us, that Jesus gave us as well. Yeah. And, and, and so it's, it's interesting. We move on now to the, ro- the road to Emmaus part, which is another people having a hard time getting it, yeah. uh, needing being convinced, uh, things like that. And this is, I don't know, there's a part of me when I read this where I'm like, this is flat out hilarious. Yeah. It Just is. the it kind is. of irony of like people walking <laughs> along, talking about the events of the day. Yeah. Like, man, do you see the news headlines? This would be like, I mean, today is the day like Trump was in court in Miami. Mm-hmm. Like all mm-hmm. the stuff's going yeah, on. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the ubiquitous headline everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This Did would be like us happened? like walking to the car and be like, man, do you see the news today? Yeah. And not noticing the person we're talking to is Donald Trump. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. it's just like, do you, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah. bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Um, the sort of, that, that they can be so close to reality and yet completely unable to see the reality of the situation. Um, As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up yeah. and walked along with them. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a funny scene. It is a funny scene. Sense of uh, humor. And there's a bit of humor. There's some irony in mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Luke's just trying to be a comedian. No, no, no. Right? There's more, of course. It's like the comedy is for a purpose. Yeah. And, and there's something about like, yeah, it it takes God to reveal that God is risen. Mm-hmm. Like that yeah. this we you know, I said like our naturalistic worldview maybe leads us to question things or yeah. our approach to things is always from maybe one direction. Um, yeah, that that's the sort of aspect of there's something going on here where God needs to do something to overcome our approach yeah. to an empty tomb. For us to really realize that it means Jesus is alive, actually we need God to work mm-hmm. for this penny to drop you know because mm-hmm. um, it, it's what keeps happening mm. yeah I, I see in in here in this uh, verse 16 I've been I've been thinking about this a lot it says but their eyes were kept from recognizing him yeah I know. Yeah. and it's been going around scratchers. and around in my head and and yet I also thought you know we, we've talked a lot about these consistent themes that Luke's been getting across and he's been talking about how often has he talked about blindness throughout yeah. his yeah. story because I first read this and I thought oh this is somehow God keeping him from recognizing Jesus keeping him from recognizing yeah. I don't think that's what's happening like Jesus is put on a different voice or something yeah, yeah. I, I think this is there's something else that is preventing them yep. from them recognizing it. And when I see it that way, I think, how am I prevented from yep. seeing Jesus as he is in my life right before me? You know, where are my... And it might be their uh, preconceptions. Their, their, th- they don't have this box to think of uh, actually seeing Jesus physically risen in front of yeah. them. And like early on in Jesus's ministry, he talks about, you know, you have eyes to see, but you cannot perceive. Yeah. You have ears to hear, but you cannot actually hear. Mm-hmm. That there is something about like hard hearts, wrong perspectives, lies, the work of the enemy, like a whole yeah, yeah. set of things. It's really interesting to delve as Isaiah unpacks mm. the effect of brokenness on the ability of people to do justice and know Yahweh. Mm. You know, it's sort of gesturing back to a, a rich theology there. Mm. Um, and just this interesting, because God's still in the mix. It's not that those things prevent God but part of how God draws those things out is by mm. like is to allow blindness to manifest. Mm-hmm. It's like God's going to help show you're blind by letting you walk into that wall. Yeah. Cuz sometimes that's what it takes to create the question. Mm. You know. And so Yeah. And just we'll see at the end here like Jesus says to them um you know you foolish ones mm. and slow of heart. 
So what kept them was there's some foolishness and slow of heart, but mm, you know, whatever mm. that means, like mm, those mm. are the ingredients that have got in the way mm, as well. Mm, mm. Yeah. But their response, you know, um, he's kind of like, Hey, what's going on? What yeah. are you guys talking about? You know, mm-hmm. as, as Jesus would, he starts mm-hmm. with that question Yeah, and they're kind of like, um, where you been? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? You haven't, haven't you heard mm-hmm. about everything that's happened? Um, he goes, what things? Yeah. Just uh, the, the, the humor. Like Jesus walks up. What, what are you guys talking about yeah. while you walk? You know, just. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Jesus it's, knows exactly what they're talking about. Yeah. I can just hear like the sigh he in goes, these guys' voices about Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet. Yeah. Powerful. Like they have to explain to this guy because yeah. hadn't he mm. heard? Exasperation. But only God, mm-hmm. like, knows everything and is secure enough to walk up and not be upset or troubled, but be mm. able to think, okay, how am I going to help them see in a way that's going to have the best possible impact yeah. on them? Yes. Right? And so, yeah, he walks with them. He basically gets them to stick both feet deep in their mouth as mm. they're just <laughs> talking. They're basically exposing Mm-hmm. All of what they don't see that's right in front of them, um, mm-hmm. and 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 I think it's really interesting because they don't just—it's not just like they're digging their own metaphorical grave, but mm. uh, Jesus is asking them questions, and actually, one of the things that comes out is that they have some longing. Yeah, they're like, well, we, you know, there's this guy, Jesus. He did this, he did this, he, you know, he taught this, he was crucified. But verse uh, 21, yeah. we hoped he was the one to redeem Israel. So, you know, like that, there was a yearning, a longing, an expectation that they feel like has been dashed. Yeah. And I think there's something important about Jesus drawing that hope out and then revealing like who he is. Um, yeah, it's almost like they're, 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 you can see this desperation in their hope that feels like it's left them this, because it's the, as this translation, we had hoped as if we've lost our hope yeah. as well. Um, it's, it's gone. And, and I love how Jesus still speaks into them gently, yeah. into their, their hopelessness yeah. at this stage. Yeah. Um, and because and they're like, hope is dead. Yeah. Because the like God had raised people from the dead before. Yeah. Um, like the some of the prophets mm. had performed miracles mm. on people who died. But the thing about, well, now it's three days is like, well, now it's like the soul has departed. Mm-hmm. Like they, they had a sort of concept of, you know, well, you know, God can do a miracle, but after three days, yeah. no, it. then it's done. Mm-hmm. So they're like, yeah. it's done. Like, yeah. so we had this hope, but it's it's gone. It's completely mm. gone. Mm. And it's really interesting to think about how this encounter would change their future interaction with faith in the face of adversity, of God wanting to do something mm. that was surprising, you know? Um, if they'd have just realized Jesus had risen and be like, oh, wow, Jesus is alive, that's awesome. But they don't just realize that. Mm. They realize that God had told them some stuff and they had hope, but it just, they couldn't understand how it was going to happen and they completely lost hope. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus shows up and says, but it's not dead. Like that's going to have a profound impact in the future on these people like they're going to have the kind of faith that is not going to be easily extinguished anymore. Mm. This, it does, this doesn't just reveal to them Jesus is alive. They learn something qualitative about the nature of hope and faith. Mm, mm. And there's, there's something really rich going on here. Um, yeah. and, and that's the sort of, it does seem like a comic scene. And it yeah. really is. But Jesus is actually trying to do something really deep to set these people up for mm. what's coming next. Yeah. Because it's going to take a whole whack of surprising faith um, to, to be a part of the Book of Acts, basically. Yeah. 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 
So, so they, you know, they, they have all these interactions. Jesus draws these things out and he says to them, foolish ones, slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. And, and I think that actually really connects. It's like part of the foolishness is God has said what he's going to do and the foolishness was not taking him at his word. Mm-hmm. Like, because what, and, and that's the foolishness is, yes, we can explain they didn't have a conceptual box for a resurrection. They just couldn't conceive of what was about to happen. But they, it's not they couldn't conceive of it because God hadn't said it. They couldn't conceive of it because they'd created a whole worldview that precluded it. And they inhabited that worldview. That's the foolishness. And I think that's then like a really interesting warning to us of the need to to like be moved into the kingdom worldview mm. so that we mm-hmm. don't be foolish. Like it reminds me of Romans 12, like to be transformed by the renewing of our mm-hmm. mind mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. we can discern God's perfect will. Yes, that you know, transformation. And we, they needed that transformation as well. They did. And do we take God at his word? I mean, we are here learning in the house of learning, talking in this podcast, going to church on Sunday, learning from the sermons, learning God's word. Do we take God at his word? Are yeah. we foolish? Do we only take some of it, that which feels good, and not all of it? Yeah. What would Jesus say to us today about our unbelief in certain yeah. areas? And I think this, it's so beautiful because we have the slow of heart to believe, which warns us of the danger of being slow to believe God. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the way God interacts with the slowness of heart is, yes, it gets pointed out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't get pointed out as, you're slow as heart to believe. So, yep. I'm Jesus, I'm alive, and you're done, I'm out of here. Yeah, no, It's not grace. condemnation. It's not condemnation. It's, uh, it, Jesus, in, he interacts with the slow of heart yes, he to does. help them believe as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that it, it's just this interesting blend of if we sense slowness of heart, we have hope that because we know Jesus will come meet us and teach us mm-hmm. to believe. Mm-hmm. But yeah. also if we sense we have a slowness of heart, we kind of feel like I'm not okay with that. That's a bad thing. I want to be cautious. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's mm-hmm. dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're not going to be cavalier mm-hmm. about having a slow to believe heart just because God yeah. can interact with it. Yeah. And, and that, so the the two really wise things come together. That that verse 27 is, you know, it's got to be one of my favorite verses here too because after he addresses this, Oh foolish ones, oh slow of heart, you've 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 kind of missed it. Is mm-hmm. what he's saying. And then it says, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, it says he interpreted to them. So as you said before, it takes God, you know, to show up and to to move someone to believe yeah. in God. Yeah. So this is Jesus himself, but it's also what he's saying there to us is also he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things that concerned him. Yeah. And so like sometimes I go, wait a second, am I reading my Bible thinking this is all about Jesus yeah. and he's on every page? Oh, he's you the know, fulfillment old, of it all. From yeah. Moses, the prophets, into the New Testament, it's it's all of it, and so there's so much to learn and unpack. And yeah. uh, th- this this whole section has got to be, you know, it's I, I don't know. This has been one of the most profoundly personal and kind of changing sections of scripture in, yeah. in, in my life. I, I love this. It reminds me of when Jesus says to the leaders, you know, like you search the scriptures. You read mm. Moses, and like, and so you should. Yeah, but these testify of me. Yeah, you know. So yeah, yeah the same concept. Mm, mm. So, so they they're on this long walk with Jesus. So he's explaining all the scriptures. Yeah, they get near the village where they're going. So probably towards the end of the day, mm-hmm. like the end of the journey, and he makes as if he's going to carry on. Yeah, but they urged him strongly and said, "Stay with us." For it's towards evening mm. and the day's now far spent. Mm. And we don't know 
yeah because that can read like a little safety like well you don't want to like carry on walking by yourself yeah. i mean there's bandits around like you should stay with us you got to think there's a little bit of we want to hear more yeah as well going on right and so he goes in uh to stay with them and then while he's at the table eating he took the bread blessed it broke it and gave it to them hmm. so these same words describe a process uh, like a ritualized process of action which is the same as what jesus did at the last supper mm -hmm. it's the same as what jesus did when he fed the five thousand. like this is a jesus style action mm. and boom their the eyes penny are drops. Yeah, yeah their eyes are open and they recognized him mm. and there's something really interesting about they had come they'd grown that familiarity with Jesus acting this way. Yeah. G there's something about how Jesus would posture himself as sent by the Father, providing, mm. distributing, caring for others. You know, a whole set of things that we talked about when we talked about the Last Supper and those things being on display again, that's the moment. Mm. I love that like around that set of things, that's when they recognize Jesus. Mm. It's not they recognize his face, they recognize his haircut, they recognize his clothes. Mm. You know, like the, the things we tend to recognize mm -hmm. are more external. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, mm. it, there's something about who, how he positions himself at their table mm -hmm. that help them recognize. Mm. And then like you have the amazing, like tantalizing, he vanished from their sight. I yeah. know that was that's so abrupt and magical and and what an amazing thing to imagine. How did he disappear? Did he yeah. just like vaporize? Did he just like sneak out the back door? Did what I, did he do? I have may, all maybe questions. there was the Star Trek teleporter sound. Uh, yeah, like. just like he dissolved <laughs> away. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. And, and it, it could be meaning a miraculous thing or it could be, you know, they were like what looked yeah. up covered their eyes and then he silently slipped out like, we just don't know, mm -hmm. we don't yeah, know. but, but there's I... something strange about like it, if i'm like the hero and i get recognized you're gonna want why stay. slip out yeah yeah stay and be like yeah see i told you all the way yeah. and, and no. there's something about the way the angels have interacted with the women and peter's interacted with the tomb like all these people go on like to journey with some wonder and like, well, you know, what am I going to do with this? Mm. Right. So, so all of these people are having like profound moments of realization, but followed by a, so now what? And Jesus creates a massive, so now what with these people who've so far had the deepest, richest, clearest explanation right they've they've walked with jesus explaining through all the scriptures exactly what's happened and why <laughs> and he just leaves them with that and it's a real interesting so now what are you going to do hmm. moment um I, I still i see this this continuing theme too of sight and blindness mm -hmm. in here continuing and now it's it's like I see Luke kind of this this play on words almost. He's vanished from their sight, and yet their faith has been stoked and yes. renewed. These yeah. next words are, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened um, to to us the scriptures? And they go and they tell people of what you know what yeah. happened. They tell the rest, but it's like their faith is now real and. You know, I think of Paul where it's, hey, we live by faith, not by yeah. sight. And, and like just this interplay of not being able to see what's right in front of you. And it takes Jesus unpacking. It takes Jesus pointing to himself yeah. and revealing himself to them. And now it's like I, I, like I get the sense like, oh, they're... Now their faith's so alive and has taken them in a different, you know, has gotten them to a different place. And yeah. their testimony, their when they tell this story back to the others, um, yeah, yeah, it's just amazing. And that they risk something because mm -hmm. they go. It's late in the evening. 
but they leave and they go all the way back from Emmaus mm-hmm. to Jerusalem past the bandits at mm-hmm. night they do the dangerous journey to go find the rest of the disciples and be like guys you'll never guess what happened mm-hmm. and they they get there and already they're saying yes he has he's risen the other he 11 appeared, are saying he appeared this. to Simon yeah so like they haven't all seen him, right. but some people have some evidence. Yeah, mm-hmm. What's going on? And and it's really interesting because what we're going to have next is Jesus appears to them on like yeah. as a group. Mm-hmm. But I think Luke's trying to show us the power of witness testimony mm. because yeah. he like Jesus is going to ascend. Yeah. Like the way Jesus is going to carry forward his mission is not by appearing bodily to everyone that he wants to reach. Jesus is going to use witness. witness testimony. Yeah. And so mm. it's really important that we see the power of witness testimony play out. And that's, so that's what we're seeing. And as it's kind of the whole group are coming to a consensus realization, like he has risen, that's when they have the personal yeah. encounter and Jesus appears in the midst of them. Yeah. Peace be with you, he says. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just think of... Uh, when I think of this this encounter, I, I think back to I think of, of my faith journey in kind of walking away from from Christ at, at some point in you know my youth and um, uh, I, I see these disciples right they're walking away from Jerusalem. They're leaving, um, and they're leaving kind of what they had just seen happen. Um, and it just kind of is, it's beyond their, it's outside of their expectations, their boxes. And, and you know, these things in, in past, my past, where I just, you know, sort of forced me to go, that doesn't make sense to me. And I found myself kind of walking away. But on that road of walking away, like Jesus comes up unexpectedly. Mm. Um, very differently, and for for us, it was that encounter. With, uh, I don't know how he worked through our our kids at one point, and yeah, uh, that, that's a different our, story. Yeah, yeah, but unexpectedly, through being parents and our kids actually drawing us back to church, God using our kids. Yeah, and not when we were ready for it, not no, when we were hoping no, for it, and, we and we're kind of like, oh, we're going to go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and I just see that so much in, in what's mm. happening here. Mm. It's like I was kind of looking at the world like through this lens of what I could understand. That was the sight that I had. Yeah. Um, versus, um, you know, and my expectations, I think, just really not big enough to conceive that mm. how God could really yeah. meet me. And it took you know, an encounter actually seeing Jesus, um, really someone witnessing to me Mm. and seeing the power of that witness, um, to, in my life to get me to go back and and say, hold on, I need to read more (laughs) about what's going on here. And so I don't know, there's so many parallels I I see there and uh, I love this story. Yeah. And so, so they have, they're still, like oh you're you're not dead mm. but they're like are you a ghost i mean right. they don't use the word ghost they use the word a spirit but mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. our sort of concept for that and jesus is having to convince them he's like no no like don't be afraid i'm not a ghost like mm-hmm. it's actually mm-hmm. me like i've physically bodily risen from yeah. the dead like look my hands my feet like guys give me some food i'll eat it like I'll, yeah he wants to has to work to help them understand yeah. like what's actually happened and then there's this uh, beautiful, you know, he, he affirms, like, this is what I said while I was still with mm. you. And then he opened their mind to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it's written that Christ should suffer on the third day, rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. So not just this is what I said would happen, I died and rose, but this is what I said would happen and what the scriptures say would happen, that I would die, rise, and that the gospel would be preached to people yeah. and that people would find forgiveness yeah. Um, yeah. And, and repentance and, and healing from sin. Um, and so it, 
he's helping it all the jigsaw come together. Yeah. It, it it's like yeah, they've got a few pieces put together, and Jesus just turns over the box and shows them the picture on the front. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. But the interesting thing is that connection of like as it comes together, and they realize that this is part of God's big story to reach all people, to restore and redeem all of creation. This is the like a pivotal moment, mm-hmm. and the next sentence is your witnesses of these things Mm. so having just had the power of witness testimony elevated then they are commissioned Mm. to go use that power to now go witness to others yeah um but with the the twist of which we just talked about with pentecost Mm, mm. wait until what my father has promised comes and you're clothed with power from high until the spirit comes but I I think of that like your witnesses of these things Mm. almost being like this baton in a relay race like the women witness something and they pass it on to Peter he's not quite sure but then he witnesses something and then he has something Yeah. and then they're in the room and these people arrive who've witnessed something and it affects other people and it's like Jesus saying, you know, you, you've got something now. Like, yeah. go pass the baton on, you know, to others that Jesus is he's risen, that yeah. I'm alive. Yeah. And not just I'm alive, but I'm alive for this purpose in this storyline. And you are as well. Mm-hmm. You have a purpose. We've, we've been spending a lot of time, uh, Richard, talking about like the missional, um, what a missional people looks like and it's not just uh saved from Mm -hmm. something but saved to do something and to something to be a part of what god's doing to join him in what he's doing um, and saying proclaim your testimony (laughs) um, to all the nations because my heart god's saying my heart is for all people um, to come and know me and that yeah. we, we get left with that sort of cliffhanger, mm. actually, because then um, Luke takes us to the moment where mm-hmm. that baton is just left in their hands mm-hmm. and they're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come because he led them out to Bethany, mm. he blessed them, and then he parted from them up to heaven. Mm. So Jesus ascends, mm. which is the, the ultimate, like, I've completed my mission um, and I've and I've commissioned you, so like mm. the baton has been handed over, and then they worship Jesus, which is interesting because, uh, like that clear indication that Jesus is an object of worship, mm. is like the full realization that Jesus is God. There's mm-hmm, the little mm-hmm. connection there of really understanding who Jesus is. And then they returned to Jerusalem with great joy and they were continually in the temple blessing God. Yeah. So they're like excited, celebrating, yeah. hopeful, anticipating, rejoicing mm. um, and waiting um, for what God's going to do. Yeah. 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 And then and then, then we're in Acts. Yeah. 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 And we'll see what happens yeah. after the Spirit comes and yeah. that story, dive into it. Yeah. I, I always always makes me want to read Acts when I finish mm-hmm, reading Luke. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. so I can recommend that. Yeah. So there we are. That's the end of the book of Luke. It, it yes. and it leaves us. And the way Luke writes, I think, leaves us not just with a sense of their experience was rejoicing and anticipation, but the connection to us either as a a skeptical reader of Luke well is he alive like what he said and what is said about him is like Mm -hmm. there's a witness being presented to me Mm -hmm. or as someone who's reading it is like yeah and I've witnessed Jesus is alive too that witness has been passed down to me and I've seen the reality of it at work Mm -hmm. you know Um, it kind of draws us in to this commission to be people who are yeah. rejoicing and anticipating and blessing God and um, so 
yeah, the way Luke writes, it kind of situates us at the beginning of the book of Acts mm. as well. Mm. Yeah, what are we going to do? Yeah, what are we going to do? What's, what's our witness look like, yeah. feel like? Is yeah. it with great joy? Yeah. Worshipping him. Yeah, love yeah. it. All right. There you have it. So there it is. Enjoy, hopefully, reading this chapter this week, talking about it in community. And then we're into the summer. We'll uh, we'll have some podcasts on all manner of yeah. interesting things. And if you're like, hey, I'd love if you guys did a conversation about this, let us know. Please. Yeah. yeah. Look forward to it. Okay. Thanks. God bless. Thanks.